0: Hello everybody, and welcome to Voxel Viewpoint. I'm Ryan Shepard, and with me today I've got Derek.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: And we are going back in time to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Derek and I have been playing this game for a little while here. It's a very long, very big game, so even though we've been playing it for quite a while, we still really haven't touched the surface, but... Uh, we're here to let you know what our impressions are so far. Um, and for me anyway, just kind of top level, I am enjoying it. There is, uh, there are some things that, um, that are bugging me, but overall, I think this is a very good entry in the series. One that I've, uh, a series that I've, you know, it's had its ups and downs, but pretty much I've been following it since its inception. So, uh, Derek, what's your top level before we get into the meat of it?
1: Um, I've been enjoying it so far. I think it's a nice comeback to the series for me because I had skipped Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I did play Origins and really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, So this is kind of a lot of the stuff I liked from that, just not as over the top as it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, if you will, with... These three games here, these this new trilogy starting with Origins. I really liked Origins, and uh, played um, played Odyssey, but did not really enjoy it. I restarted that game a couple of times trying to get into it, and each time it just uh, kind of pushed me away before I got too far into it. So this is kind of like their um, third entry in this style of Assassin's Creed game. It's kind of almost like a, from a, from a gameplay perspective and a, like, structure of the open world perspective, a bit of a reboot that started with Origins. Uh, It's very heavily influenced by the Witcher 3 style of open world and, um, like, the way side quests work and uh, even, like, in in the combat and kind of light loot elements trickled in there um so it takes place during the viking era of dark ages england so you are a you play as ivar who can be a um, male or female you get to choose that at the beginning or you get to choose or you get you get to let the game choose um who you which gender you play as um dynamically throughout the game and I haven't actually gotten to a point where it's changed yet. I've been uh the female Ivar the ho- the whole time. Um I don't know if you've encountered any switch, have you Derek? Um
1: I was going to go back and switch to that, but it actually carried my save over pretty nicely from oh. the PlayStation okay. 4, so I just kind of stuck with the female version that I okay. had started with to showcase.
0: Mhm. Okay. Um, yeah, so I it, it starts you off anyway as the female Ivar, and um, I, it hasn't switched for me yet, so I don't know if it's going to be at plot points or um, at certain activities, or I'm not really sure what the uh, what the deal is on that. But um, I guess we'll see. Uh, so um, yeah, so so you can do that, you can choose that out at the beginning, and it starts out with uh, your the, the present day protagonist Layla who is now in this like um, like uh, uh, out in the forest and the hills of New England at the in this cabin kind of secluded because upstairs goes trying to get her and all of this stuff you know all of this stuff still going on in the present day even though it's nowhere near as um, a, a, a major part of the story, as it was, say, like, when Desmond was still around and stuff like that, but, um, she's there, and they find this, uh, Viking burial ground, and it's Ivar's, uh, like, skeleton, so they're trying to figure out, like, how did a Viking get to, um, the Americas, like, way, way before, um, you know, any recorded history of that, so that's kind of like the the mystery that's going on in, in the present time period. Um, mm-hmm. And it is very present because they throw in an email about COVID in there just to be like, hey, this is actually taking place today. Um, yeah, and, uh, and they
1: have, um, aren't we getting close to some like world ending event again? Because there's all like the crazy storms going on and they were talking about yeah. this, one of yeah. the satellites falling from the sky.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, that's, I guess what's going to happen, uh, presumably near the end of the present day stuff of this game is we're getting toward a world ending event. And, uh, these, these three games have been leading up to that. Um, Layla has been kind of collecting things along her way to try and, um, prevent that from happening and stop the, the Abstergo, which is of course the present-day version of the Templars, from stopping her and, and getting her um, and catching her. Um, mm-hmm. So back to the Viking times. You're Ivar. You're part of this clan that's been uh, kind of like um, you were you were what you were betrayed and wiped out by another clan. So you're kind of like the only surviving actual heir of that clan. And um, it's called the Raven Clan, and it's supposed to kind of be a little bit more, like, in the vein of, like, sneaking around kind of clan, as opposed to, like, what you usually think of Vikings, which is huge, giant, um, you know, hammer-wielding um, dudes, like, raiding and stuff like that. Um, so you're, you're a little bit more nimble, and you are—it uh, it, it kicks you off in this—in Scandinavia— so, um, this is kind of like the starting map of the uh, game. It's a, like a more or less tutorial. It has a like a snippet of all of the little things you'll be doing, like activities and raids and missions. It even kind of gives you a taste of like what high level zones are because each zone in this game is given a like a, a level rating. So, if you go into that zone and you're too low, you're going to get your ass kicked. Um, mm-hmm. So, it kind of gives you a taste of that. And the story there is um, you and your, like, he's not really your brother because he was the, he was like your. Um,
1: I don't know if it was it, like, he's kind of like your adopted brother because you were yeah. adopted into another clan.
0: Yeah, that that that's definitely that that's the situation. That's what I was trying to come up with, yeah. So it's he's like your adopted brother because the your clan got wiped out and the father of the of another clan kind of adopted you as as one of their own. Um so you and him are kind of like real close and uh uh King Harold who if you're familiar with so if you're familiar with some viking lore especially the viking tv show there's a lot of parallels going on in this game um so if you do care to check that show out i highly recommend it as like a companion to this uh to this game because there're definitely characters and events that take place in those games in those in that series that are ha- also happening in here in this game so king harold mm-hmm. is famous for being this first Viking that tries to unite all the clans under peace and uh, kind of become a little bit more civilized, focusing on trade instead of raiding and war and stuff like that. And you and your brother are not happy about, um, quote-unquote, bending the knee to another king. So you decide, we're going to head to England instead of sticking with our clan over here in Norway and uh, we're gonna kind of start our own thing over there. Um, mm-hmm. And like this is like say probably about 20 years ish before um, after the Vikings first kind of discovered England was over there. Uh, you know for a while they didn't they hadn't they didn't sail that far, but it's really not that far from Norway to England. So they eventually did find it. So they have a presence in England already. This is Dark Ages England. Um, so it's all just broken up into a bunch of little um, little shires, little hamlets with their own king that wants to say, hey, I'm the king of England. And um, you're just kind of thrust into that and trying to take advantage of the kind of chaos that's going on in England Currently. Um, and like I said, this is mm-hmm. before Vikings had already started making a settlement over there. So when you get there, everybody already knows what, who Vikings are. Um, there are already Vikings there. And you there are already Viking settlements there. Um, so it's not like you're starting... It's not like you're discovering this new world for the very first time or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Which I think like that little aspect they added into it is having them already like somewhat established over there from the earlier ones they've mentioned come out have really set up the area pretty good
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to where you're, you know, it's just like you're not coming in as this completely lost tribe into a new area. You know, you're coming in and there's been other ones there that have failed and now it's time to see who you can rely on or who you can help and whatnot. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Um, and another wrinkle... In this story, this is just to set up the story, and by the way, this is probably the first like ten hours of the game, so um, this is th- this is a very big game, um, with a, with not only just a lot of a lot to explore, but also a lot of um, story to tell. Um, mm-hmm. So, your brother, your your adopted brother, um, Sigurd on one of his raids brought back two um hidden people. <laughs> uh that's what they call themselves, the hidden ones. They're assassins. Um and they uh they're very upfront about like saying like like who they are. Yeah, they're very upfront with who they are and they're very Willing to well, at least one of them is willing to kind of adopt Ivar into their ranks because, like, in the first couple of hours, you're given they give you a hidden blade, um, mm-hmm. and like you, they they kind of teach you all of their secret ways. Like, they teach you the um, the leap of faith and how to assassinate people like secretly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. As yeah, opposed the, to what's that?
1: And the uh, the blending into the crowd.
0: Yep, yep, like, uh, yeah, the, um, disguises or, or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called, that has a specific name, but um, Blend In, right? It's just called Blend In.
1: I think it's just called Blend In. Yeah. And then um, it utilizes your whatever cloak you have on.
0: Yeah, like you'll sit down on a bench and you're supposed to not look like you're a, a murder, yeah. murder machine. And with this one,
1: my question is real quick, because I can't quite remember... But is this the first one where we're actually starting out as somebody that's not fully an assassin, from the get go? Uh,
0: no. So these first th- these these three games have all been before the assassins have been actually established. Okay. Uh, so Origins, uh, you play as Bayek, which in which was is one of my favorite characters of the whole series. Um, and he isn't an assassin. He kind of joins up with the people his wife is connected with, and they right, start, the, right. and they're the ones that start um, the hidden ones, uh, the ones that are kind of like, they're basically uh, designed to keep the balance of power between the elite and the um, the underclass and the downtrodden or something like or, or in that, and you know that kind of evolves into the assassins versus the Templars, who, um, which I forget, I think they're just called the Order right now. That um, they've they've gone through. They haven't actually been established as a Templars either, because yeah, Templar, Templars as a as an organization, like a real world organization, don't actually exist until the Crusades. So we're talking about like another. Two to 300 years until they actually form as an actual historic um, group of people. So um, they've been going through different names too, just like the assassins and versus the hidden ones and stuff like that. Um, So, so yeah, so you that they're, they're teaching you these things and then they also give you like a list of, Hey, these are all of the people that we need to eliminate in this area, in this region, like the region of England, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And just like Odyssey, which in Odyssey was called the Cult of Cosmos, uh, you need to uncover clues in order to reveal who these people are. Um, And you start with, like, the low-level peons, and then they reveal you know who the next level up is like you know like um lieutenants and then like the top of the the food chain basically um and your goal is to kind of work your way up to the top and eventually um you know kill whoever's the leader of the the order in the in 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 england basically um and that's all that's all kind of like a subplot (laughs) to this Game that the primary plot is about, um, you know, Ivar and her uh, friends and her her clan coming over to England and trying to get a foothold and kind of working within the politics of what's going on in England. So, um, obviously these two storylines they converge, but the whole assassination thing and the order and everything just like it was in most of Odyssey, I believe, you can just kind of ignore it if you don't want to engage with it at all. Um, Because there isn't... The way that this game is structured is quite a bit different than um, not only Assassin's Creed, but a lot of other open-world games in uh, in that you really only have a main quest that you're following. And... um, at the beginning of when you first arrive in England, you're you get to choose uh, between basically either going north or going south. And Derek, I know you chose the south direction. I chose the north direction, and that's really the only quest like other than build up your settlement that you have on your quest log. Mm-hmm. um. Everything else, like the order has its own page in the menu, but there are no quests associated with it. It's just you mouse, you you put your cursor over one of the characters and tells you where it is and you can investigate them. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is no actual quest that pops up. What was that? I think
1: think too with the order is um, one of the places we can build is actually like a hub in town for them. And then Mm -hmm. supposedly once you have that built, we're supposed to start being able to go there to get missions for them. So, I don't know if that'll kind of
0: so you you get that when you build that you get that order tab on your. um, Okay,
1: so that's what gives you the tab. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's gonna be the next thing I got.
0: And it doesn't, um, like I said, it doesn't actually put quests on your, in your log. Uh, It's just like a. It's like um. A rumor board basically you know strings tying oh, okay. people together and uh, you're trying to figure out who's at the top of the top of the list um oh, okay. and maybe along the way there will be quests that you get like actual followable quests and stuff like that but right now this is all it is and mm-hmm. even side quests are handled differently in this game whereas they're not tracked they're not tracked on your log there, it isn't like a um, like a regular mission that just gets a uh, little drop down list in your quest log that says these are side missions. They're not really important, but you can go back and do them. Uh, the side quests here are like just little tiny vignettes. Like you go up to um, you go up to a character that you can talk to, and you talk to them. And they tell you what their problem is, what's going on, and you kind of solve the problem right there. Uh, you don't like it doesn't turn into like this big long um, adventure or anything like that. Uh, you. What's that?
1: Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, they're pretty contained, and it's actually been pretty nice. Yeah. And I think for like the more major ones, they're aren't they? Over- Take off our mysteries as we find them.
0: Yeah, so that's what they that's what they show up as on the map. Um, they show up as a little icon. That's a mystery, um, and you know you, each zone has a certain amount of mysteries, a certain amount of wealth you can find, which is like treasure and gear, and um, mm-hmm. there's another. It's the artifacts. Artifacts, yeah, which are like um, ancient artifacts that you can find, but. The way that the game handles it is it just puts these little white and yellow dots on the screen, and you don't know what they are until you're within, say, like, you know, 50 yards of the dot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can see all of these icons on the map and say, okay, I want to go, like, I know this is going to be a side quest. I know this is going to be a treasure chest. I know this is going to be a this. I know this is going to be a that. You actually have to go to it and discover what it is and that leads to like a real repeatable sense of mystery because there's so Mm -hmm. many points where you know I just I walked into this area like I know there's something here because I put a little mark on the map but then when I walked in when I wandered into it there's like you know, maybe some weird um some some creepy looking trees or some weird stone structures and stuff, and I'm not hundred percent sure what is actually going to be there until I start to really investigate it. Yeah. And it it just keeps all those little side activities way more interesting than like, oh, I know this is gonna be a, a treasure chest or I know this is gonna be a bandit camp immediately when I come up to it. So Um, Mm -hmm. I, I can prepare or I can avoid it. It just gives it a little bit, a sense of tension and a sense of like real exploration that, um, I think a lot of these open world games that just throw a bunch of random icons on your map, um, kind of miss out on.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely been really nice, and they've set it up pretty well. And even if, like, we'll just take, like, the uh, the wealth ones, for example. Like, you may have this, like, really big predominant dot that it shows for, like, that area. You know, hey, you know, fight through here, do whatever you have to do, and you're going to get a nice treasure chest. Mm-hmm. But then when doing that, there might be, like, a yellow named enemy, or... I don't know if we're going to call them named enemies, but, like, the yellow enemies that have, yeah, like, a uh... predominant name.
0: Yeah, the the game refers to them as elites.
1: Okay, so the elite enemies, so when you kill one of them, they're going to have wealth on it. But if you're killing a bunch of people, and then trying to get to that bigger one, you might miss that. Because, like, I zoomed out, I was like, alright, I'm in this area, I left. And I was just looking around on the map, and I was like, what's this really smaller, like, pinpointed dot? Mm-hmm. And I zoomed in, and that's what it was. It was. I went all the way back, had to clear out some more enemies, because they came back, because I didn't completely grab everything from that area.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was, like, two little, two smaller ones that I missed there.
0: Yeah. So yeah, really... So- yeah. really wants you to explore. I, I, wish, I wish the game, like, I know you missed it, so I, I wish the game would be a little bit better about um, pointing that stuff out to you when you were there. Uh, because mm-hmm. otherwise, the only way you can notice some of these is if you actually open up the map and zoom way in to where you are, which every time a game asks me to open up the map, I feel like, in terms of immersion, it's kind of f- failed a little bit. Like I should mm-hmm. be able to, there should be clues within the game, like visually that, um, I'm missing something here, whether it be, I mean, even if it was just them bringing a mini map back to the game, um, would help with, with something like that. Um, yeah, I
1: think lately that's been like the weirdest, like lacking thing in some games is like the little mini maps sometimes they yeah. make sense. I like, I get for immersion for some games, but maybe the option to toggle that on or off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think with this one in particular, there needed to just be something more, um, like mini map versus compass. I'm kind of like, you know, design the game that you want to design, but make sure that what you do design, um, works out. Like, doesn't doesn't lead to things like, uh, you know, you you mm-hmm. miss this tiny little yellow dot on the map, so you gotta come all the way back to it, um. Right. A, a lot of times you can kind of get away with that by doing the Odin Vision or whatever, uh, and those things will highlight like treasure chests and stuff will highlight in your view, but it it's not perfect. It kind of like gives it's you it doesn't really very point short you. too. Yeah, it's it's a very short uh, window that it that it scans, and things can be like above you or below you. Behind you, and it doesn't really point you in any direction and say, "Hey, there's a there's something we you, it detected over here." It's more like you got to scan, and then you got to like move Figure the camera around, like it. where where is it? where is it? I, I know it hit something because it it gave me the the sound, but it didn't really it doesn't really convey exactly where it is. So there's there's definitely a little bit there that they they got real close and then they didn't quite. Um, seal the deal on that kind of stuff, which is a little disappointing because if they had just figured out, like, just for that one thing, so I don't have to open up my map and see if there are any yellow dots remaining, if they did that one thing, um, it would have... it would have really made a big difference. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I I just think in terms of, like, their open world structure and everything, this time around, they did a a really great job. The um it just looks amazing. Uh the, oh, the Yeah, it... the English countryside that they've created here is just it's unbelievable. It's like it, it, you know, it, it's like they took yeah. all of the um what they've what they've been doing and like you know, like um uh it just reminds me of like Lord of the Rings, you know, the Lord of the Rings movies when you see the big uh big pans across the uh, mm-hmm. The green rolling fields, with a uh, few forests here and rocky crags there, and everything like that, and didn't just like mm-hmm. a, a tower off in the distance, because um, that's kind of like what this England is right now. It's it's very uninhabited. There's only a few like big cities, and even there's in like a handful of smaller towns that are currently growing out of it so there's a lot of open area there's a lot of um just grass and trees and uh like it's the way that in in you know you can see far like that's oh yeah
1: you can like yeah the field of view on this is like or the uh depth i think it is yeah like the distance um, you can see really nice yeah is really nice and um like, speaking of, like, you you saw a lot of the hills and stuff because you went more north. Whereas when I went to south where I was working on, I actually came into, like, a swamp area. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually was in there long enough that it went through, like, a night and day cycle. And it just looks so awesome. Yeah. Like, the fog there, the reflections from the water, you know, to being into, like, the swamp a little bit, wading through with, like, mm-hmm. the tall grass and everything around you. It was just um, it was a really nice, detailed area.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they did a a amazing job with the environment and the effects, and like even at night when the moon is out and almost as bright as it's almost as bright as the sun, but you know it's not. It's it's still it's still darker, but it still really gives off a really cool effect. Um, And uh, yeah, and it it just does such a good job of like you climb to the top of a building or a A mountain or something and there's almost always something to see on the horizon like your neck another a town with a tower sticking out of it a church or you know something on top of a mountain so like Mm -hmm. it kind of again goes back to like what if they figured out a way to just not have a map at all (laughs) and just be like go based on what you see in the distance and uh and see what you discover along the way that would be like uh that that would be for me like a a system that works like that probably like the the ultimate exploration for an open world game. Um mm-hmm. and and they 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 I'm happy to see that they uh uh am, are getting there but they're still like one or two steps away from from achieving that. Um and uh yeah, and and yeah, just to just to kind of wrap up the world aspect of it, like the open world, because we'll get into combat, and um, I want to revisit the story a little bit, but um, you know the variety of the stuff that you do out there is kind of um, interesting too. There's I've come across some puzzles, I've come across some uh, like you got to make offerings to a shrine, um, and then there are yeah, those those fly garlic thing mushrooms that you eat oh um, yeah
1: oh that was so much fun
0: yeah and they're they're like trippy mushrooms that put you into like uh some sort of um haze in your like hallucinating things and everything like that i know there's one in the well there are actually two in the um starting area. And then I just found my first one in England, and I'm not going to spoil it, but SEALs were involved. Oh, okay. <laughs> God. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. Yeah, so far say. I've only found the one. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Um, And they're not... Well, I had a little trouble with it because of some of the, the way that it was kind of presenting itself, what was ha- actually happening, but... They're not difficult. This is, these aren't like combat challenges or really puzzles to solve. You're just kind of walking through doorways. But it's more about like the bizarre stuff that's going on. That's uh, that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and it's just, it's different, right? It's not just a treasure chest you're opening. It's not just another bandit cap you're clearing out. It is something different. And you don't really know what it is until you're right on top of it. And then you're like, oh, cool. A nice little shroom trip.
1: Yep. yep. <laughs> like I said, the first one I did accidentally because there are some mushrooms around that you can eat that give you like a little bit of boost temporarily.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You'll find it like within stuff, like when you're picking up like food and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I started noticing, at least in England, I started noticing that there are some ones where you get little temporary buffs from eating them.
0: Yep, there's There's some that also hurt you. So you got to be careful. I picked up some that that actually caused a little bit of damage and um I was like oh don't eat that one again. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's I mean that's the other thing that like a lot of the healing stuff is a lot of the healing items in this game are like naturally built into the world so uh you know it's like some healing mushrooms on the ground that look natural um like berry bushes and then When you're in settlements and camps and stuff, it'll be like you'll go up to a a pot of stew on the on a fire Mm -hmm. and you'll take a sip of it and you'll take you'll take some of it and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, and
1: and everything's very I feel is very well placed as where like some games they'll have this kind of aspect, but there's either way too much of it or it's so sparse where it's super tedious yeah i think with this it's always been like the right amount like whenever i got to that point where i needed it i've been able to find it but it's not like it's been like everywhere you
0: turn yeah yeah it it it, it feels natural within the environment and um for one thing and yeah it's always been like very rarely unless i'm in combat and i'm getting my butt kicked have I been like, oh man, I I need healing stuff. I don't have enough of it. Um, so yeah, that that that's a which which I don't think. I don't remember how Odyssey dealt with healing, or or Origins for that matter.
1: I think um, Origins was kind of the same way. Was it? If I remember, because I remember being able to press to get some health back.
0: You remember being able to what?
1: like how you do it in this one, how you can press the button and it'll use some of that resource, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always,
0: it's always, Assassin's Creed's always been, there's always been like a healing resource. Uh, A little bit regenerates over time. Actually, maybe the old ones used to do full regeneration. Um, I'm just wondering if like, how you actually got that resource in the older games. Like whether or not, if it it was like a, a medicine pickup like a health pickup, or if it sure. was food, like it is in this game, I don't. I forget. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of healing during combat, um, for better or worse, the combat here's better than it's been for the last two games, which isn't saying much because I don't think the combat in Origins or Odyssey is particularly good. I, uh, you. You do feel kind of like you're floating. Uh, you don't really have a lot of. In this game, it feels a little bit better, but you don't have a whole lot of heft or precision. It feels like behind your swings. At least for me, that's that's my interpretation of this combat. Um, and maybe I'm like been ruined by Dark Souls and Bloodborne and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. no,
1: I feel the same way. I kind of noticed it, like, when I sat down today and played, like, a good chunk of it. I was like, okay, now that I'm doing more, it's, like, it's it's a little bit off. hmm Like, it doesn't make it, like, oh, God, this is horrible. Yeah. But it definitely could be worked on a little bit.
0: Yeah. It just feels like you kind of, it just, all, everything just kind of degenerates into, um, you know, button mashing. To, yeah i was hella. having a
1: hard time with my um my heavy attacks not working right all the time. Oh really? Like they just it just didn't feel responsive when it was time for the heavy attack, but yeah. the light attacks you know I could do them all day. I could kind of get them to go where I wanted to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the the combat system is a little bit different in this game, in that you have uh. You have your heavy and light, which has been in the previous games, but your heavy attack actually uses your heavy attack and dodging actually use stamina. So stamina is something that hasn't been in the previous two, Uh, and you actually Uh, regain stamina by using light attacks, which is maybe that's where a weird system. Yeah, if you keep if I didn't
1: realize heavy use stamina.
0: Yeah, if you keep um, hitting on hitting that. heavy attack, you'll run out of stamina and you'll be like, <sighs> um, and you'll have to, you'll have to regenerate it. Um, and you can do that by light, by landing hits with your, um, light attack, which is, okay. it's, it's just a strain. It's a little bit of a weird system. Like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that also hitting would regain stamina, but, um, mm-hmm it's uh it's it's a interesting system that at least prevents you from just spamming the heavy attack over and over again Because uh, that's uh. basically what a lot of the combat would boil down to in the previous games was just using that heavy attack over and over again to to wipe people out um yeah yeah and yeah. and that's the only spot there is stamina. Once you're out of combat, you can just run forever. There isn't, like, a stamina gauge there or anything like that. It's only when you're in combat that you have to worry about uh, mm-hmm. managing that stamina. Um, and then, was there abilities in the last one like we have now? Yeah, yeah, there were abilities in the last two. Uh, and okay. I'm very mixed on on the abilities. I think they've done a better job in this game than the previous two. Uh, the previous two, I just a lot of the times I just totally forgot about them. Uh,
1: yeah, I haven't used them much because it it takes a lot to get that one bar that you have filled.
0: Yeah, yeah, that um, that's one problem is that yeah you you have like a, a separate gauge that you need to fill in order to use them, and the other thing is is that um, with the exception of a few of them, they're very circumstantial, and yeah. uh, they. Um, yeah, I just forget about it because it's, like, you have to hold the trigger and then remember what button you have each one mapped to. And yep. it's just, it's a little bit too much in the heat of combat. Um, I think they're pretty good as, like, a finishing move or, uh, like, an opener, like that, that multi-axe throw one. See, so yeah, I don't,
1: that's the one I don't like. Like, oh, I think really? it's very, like, because I'll be, like, in an area... And it'll do, like, it'll hit the guy in front of me that I'm aiming for. And that third one, for some reason, every time I 180, turn around and throw it to the farthest fucking person away from me. (laughs) Like, I ain't even going to go help them yet, bro. They're fine. Yeah. (laughs) But the multi-shot for the arrow, I use that. That's what I usually save it for. And then the other one I got was the charge, where you, like, charge somebody and knock them to the ground. That Mm -hmm. was fun for the first time, but I don't think I'd always use it.
0: Yeah, that 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 charge one especially. It's like this big elaborate cutscene that pans out and stuff like that. Um, it's just a little bit too much in the middle of a fight. That's why I think yeah. they're maybe meant for more like openers and closers. Um, yeah. So but... I, I do like the the axe one. Um, I haven't used the um that multi shot one enough to know whether or not I like it. Um. And the other one I like is I unlocked a harpoon that is kind of like um, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. You throw a harpoon at a guy and then you can either throw him in one direction or you can pull him toward you, uh, which is pretty cool, especially for, like I said, like a finisher. So like you got a guy down to almost like an elite down to almost nothing. And then he's mm-hmm. kind of far away or he's like a spearman or something like that. So you throw this harpoon at him and you pull him close and then you, it goes into like a finisher move where you like stab him through his head or something like that.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I love that one with the, when you grab the spear from him. Yeah. You just like, yeah. And, the, and the, the stomp. I love the stomp. The stomp. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite thing. It's just yeah, like, I'll just... get like three or four of them in a row and I'm just like stomp, 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 stomp. Yeah.
0: You can do that to the um, guards and stuff you find sleeping too.
1: Oh shit! Really? Yeah,
0: you can. You can either assassinate them or you can stomp them.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great! I'm gonna yeah. have to keep a lookout for that when I see some sleeping ones. Just because yeah. that's that's been so satisfying. Or I think it's the same one where you beat the shit out of them with the shield.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. There's like a finisher. So when they're stunned on the ground, which is when they you um. Get their stamina bar down. They have like two bars. They have the health bar, and then they have a stamina bar at the top. And then once once you get that down, they'll they'll then be like stunned. So then you can do like a a special move that uh, either kills them in one hit, or if they're an elite, it'll just do a bunch of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, like that's new from in this game. Like that system. Um, not the not the abilities. The abilities aren't new, but the like st- stunning them and doing like a special finishing move that's new. So there is there's definitely m- more to this combat than there has been in the previous games, but there's still like a kind of floatiness to it that um, doesn't feel as good as it could. Uh, yeah, no, like I totally I said, agree and, on like, that probably more related to like i'm expecting more from third person action combat because of like dark souls and stuff like that but also um it's just it's 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 lacking a little bit yeah Um, just because
1: you you don't feel as heavy as the character should feel so it's kind of like it's just a little bit of like jarring feeling
0: yeah uh the rating is fun though like you can Take your oh, boat up yes. and down the river and just raid these little um, hamlet hamlets along the river, like abbeys and and trading villages and stuff like that, and just kind of r- blow your horn and yell and scream and all your dudes jump out of the boat and start slaughtering everybody. Yep, it's uh, a good time. Yep, yeah, that's a good time. I just did yeah, one and the, I don't know if this will be exactly when the video is, but I recorded it. So I'm definitely putting it in the, in this episode. Um, I just did a, a pretty big one where there were these like grain silos that I was blowing up as I was like, going. that's
1: funny. Cause I just burnt down an entire village.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this, this was like, uh, they were like, uh, these, these, you know, there are these flaming pots everywhere that you can shoot and they blow up, but all of these grain silos, they all had them next to them and they all had archers on them. So if you took out those, they would just blow up and then they'd be on fire and then everything else was on fire and it was just crazy. <laughs> Sounds uh, like a good time. Yeah, it, it was, it was a, it was a pretty good time. And I think uh, right
1: before doing all this, I was saving cats. I went from saving these cats on this weird-ass little side mystery (laughs) to, like, hey, we're going to burn down this entire village because fuck these people.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's the kind of chaos cats like. (laughs) Um, I haven't found any cats yet. Yeah, this one
1: was... um, The guy was having a rat problem. And it turned out there was this, like, crazy old lady who thought she was, like... The master of the cats. So if your charisma is high enough, I think you need two charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make her believe she's some sort of queen, and then she'll give you the key to unlock where she's got all the cats kept. Yeah. And then they'll come all like bursting out of there, and they'll go take care of the rat problem. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. They'll let you pick up one too.
0: Those those are the those are the kinds of quests though that we're talking about here. That yeah, here That's it. That's that was probably like a ten minute. Not even, right? No, no, it was like five minutes. Yeah. And, and then um, we had that
1: one with the person with dementia. And he was like running yeah. around this little island like it was set up, like his kingdom. And yeah,
0: giving you the there was tour. Fake king. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, but then, so they'll have these silly ones. Like, I just ran into this. I was telling you in the chat. He has 100% an American accent. So... He comes up and he starts talking. Everyone else has either the Norse accent or the English accent. So this mm-hmm. guy is immediately like I'm like, what is this? Is this just like a really bad voice actor? Like what is going on here? And the guy's name is Otto Sluggerson. And Such a good name. <laughs> and he's he's he has the American accent and he's totally supposed to be like I invented baseball, because he has this club, and he's hitting rocks into, like, um, it's, it's basically set up like a, the positions of the the dummy figures are set up like the bases at, at baseball, so he's hitting rocks towards them, and all the kids are, like, cheering, and, and like, oh, he's so awesome, and everything like that, and it's just, it was just the most ridiculous thing that I just randomly came across, Um, And like all voice acted, all cut scenes and everything like that. So like they know what they're doing. Um, And then there was, you know, just to contrast it, there was one I came across where this little girl was crying near a tree and, you know, you go up to her and you're like, what's what's going on? And she's like, well, my dad said he'd be home before the last leaf fell off this tree. And there's one leaf like hanging there. And so you find out that like the dad left the little girl alone for the summer. Um, he's probably not coming back because it's been a very long time and she's all upset because the last leaf is going to fall off the tree, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. then you have, you have like a couple of dialogue choices of like, you know, give her like, give her hope. Like, I'm sure he'll be back soon. Like, or get over it. It's, he's probably dead. And, uh, or, uh, like, You know, even if he is going to come back, you should probably prepare, you know, like kind of like the pragmatic way to do it. And like, if he does come back, great, happiness, Mm -hmm. bonus. Um, So I chose that one and she was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then she just went back to crying. So I, (laughs) I knocked the leaf off the tree and at first she's like freaking out. And then I was like, you know i did it because you should move on but hopefully he'll be back blah 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 so she was like oh that you're right so she got over it and then you could pick up the leaf and put it on a stool in the house like you could actually pick it up and then carry it in and put it on a stool in the house so she like has it as a remembrance thing and it's just like tiny little details like that that's kind of kind of crazy um
1: yeah, and like you said, too, with, like, what they have voice acted and stuff, and, like, you know, usually side quests like this and some of the other ones we've come across don't normally get shown this kind of love. Yeah. And um, everything's been thought out. And Even with, like, the dialogue choices, like, usually we've got, like, three choices, but they're all usually, like, pretty good. Like, depending how you're playing your character or how you want to react to it, one of the three usually kind of suits that mood pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's usually like a either a peaceful, uh, an aggressive or a neutral one or like a, a a gruff one or a more eloquent one depending on how you want to play your character and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. it, uh, it's yet to see where like where any of those like mood choices go, like like tone choices and stuff like that if they have any effect later on, but um I guess we'll see. Um And yeah, uh, real quick, I just want to circle around back to the story uh, because I specifically chose to go north because it follows the uh, Sons of Ragnar Lothbrok uh, questline, which is uh, basically when you come to England, you find uh, their abandoned camp that they had set up it's more than a camp it's like a long house and and there's, there's like a dock and everything it's 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 a town that they were starting to set up but it's abandoned so mm. you adopt it for yourself and you start building it out um this is kind of the the meta side of raiding where you when you do these special raiding missions you get supplies that you can then bring back to your camp and start building it out like the first thing you need to do is build a blacksmith that can help upgrade your armor. You can build a trading post. You can build um, the bureau for the assassins, etc., etc. Um, so that's kind of like a metagame you're playing um, throughout the entire game, um, kind of building out your home base. But, um, as I mentioned, this was where the Sons of Ragnar Lothbrok, which it was, is credited anyway with being the first Viking to sail across and quote-unquote discover England for the Vikings, Um, and the uh, the, um, Vikings TV show is all about him, like the first chunk of seasons is all about him, and then partway through that saga, his sons start to like, grow up and become major characters. And um, that's kind of where this game is taking place in that timeline. And it's all semi-based in history, semi-based in myth uh, and and stuff like that because there isn't, like, a really good recording of history of that time. So it's kind of like a mixture of both. But Mm -hmm. um, I chose to go that route because I wanted to see where they took like a story I already knew and kind of like tweaked it and adapted it to uh, make make it their own. Um, and they have made some changes, uh, certainly, at least based versus the TV show. Um, but there are a lot of returning characters that I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. I know that guy, I know uh, like the son, um, Ivar and Uba, the son's Ivar and Uba. Um, there are other sons too, I don't know if they're going to show up, but those are the two that are there right now. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's just really cool to see just like a semi-different retelling of a story that I'm familiar with. Um, and yeah, like I said earlier, if you want to get like a little bit of a primer for this game um, and kind of get, get in the mood, so to speak, uh, that's a great show to check out um, it's all streaming on Amazon Prime so if you have subscription to that you can just watch it and uh, it's uh it's really good um, and it's this game is definitely so far anyway like in terms of like cool Viking entertainment media is kind of scratching that itch just as well as that show is so mm-hmm. uh, I'm interested to see where. Where that story keeps going, because um, there's a lot of places it goes in the show. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that they could do in the game too. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. How has your adventure in the south been? No,
1: it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been interesting. Um... So you're kind of like regrouping with uh, one of the bands that have come through before you. And they were kind of like the scouts and the warriors and stuff like that. But they had, had um, established an entire town. And you kind of help them take it back. And now you're trying to, I'm in the midst of trying to figure out who is the uh, one of that person, Soma, one of her friends, is betraying them. So you're trying to, like, figure that out. But at the same time, you're trying to figure out how to do that. Because it doesn't specifically tell you. But, like, I ran into some paint inside the place. And I started to follow it through a tunnel and out. And it started this whole other thing. And then it ended at, like, where I had the last clue. So now it's like, all right, where am I going to collect more information now? So that's when I kind of started heading on to, like, the next three subsets of things it has you that you can do. One of which was going to burn down that town. Um... And then, like, we've re- we rescued some of the lieutenants. That part was what was happening into the swamp when I was seeing all that happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, yeah, so right now I'm just kind of heading through to the next person to help them out. It's kind of like getting to know these three lieutenants now so that you can try to make some of your inside decisions on how to, um... Oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like align Best yourself with them. That's kind of how to, like, best tell some or give, like, your best insight on who you think is the betrayer. So you kind of, like, at least what it seems is you're going to do a little something with each person while trying to collect that information. Mm -hmm. But then I don't know if the clues that I found in the town are going to tie into my interactions because I kind of think I know who it is already. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm getting ready to come up to that person. So we'll see what happens.
0: Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to check that out. I think I'm going to be able to check that out. I don't. Really... Yeah, I think you can do both because yeah. the quest line that you're
1: doing it shows like it's on my lock. Yeah,
0: it's still up there for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, I'll be excited to check that out. I guess. I guess the one thing I got to say reiterate here is that this feels more than any other game I've played since uh 2015 this feels more like the witcher 3 than any other game i've played Uh, i feel like in terms of obviously the setting and the norse uh mythology and um the way that the story is unfolding like it's very much kind of entrenching you in um like the opening part of the witcher 3 um which is massive chunk of the game but you're you're kind of dealing with this same um situation where you have these two um kind of like rival kings and there there you don't really have two rival kings here but the whole way england is is working right now is all of these kings are kind of at each other's throats so and you're kind of being thrust into it and you're a lot like the witcher trying to navigate your way through it while coming out on top on the other end and just like the way that you're kind of the passer through kind of person amongst all of these bigger players uh really gives that feel of of like what the witcher is uh and again couple that with the setting being pretty much like like not obviously the Witcher takes place in a fake universe, but the look of the setting, like the way that the environment looks and the time period that it's taking place, is absolutely cribbed from this time period. Um, and it just, there are so many times where I was like riding along with uh, my, with Sigurd and Uba and um, Ivar uh, and thinking like this is um, this could be a mission from the witcher like i was riding along with them having a conversation we were going to a war camp outside of a fortress it's like so in line with everything that was going on in the opening hours of that game um and Mm -hmm. you know it's definitely what they've been going for ubisoft has been with this reboot so to speak of Assassin's Creed and it's uh it's it is cool to see them finally like really get there and start giving me those kinds of feelings um that I had once I really got into that game once I really got into The Witcher 3 um so I'm I'm just really excited to see where it it goes from from here
1: yeah I was like I think this is going to be one of the first times where I actually want to like Go through and play, like, because I think with Origins, I enjoyed that because of the Egypt setting. But I only played like half of it before I kind of just fell off for me. Yeah, it's but like, yeah, these games with, are huge. Yeah, with this one though, I was like, I want to play through. I want to get my place built up. You know, it can get rated, so you've eventually got to protect it once you start getting big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to do that, and I kind of want to see where the story's going because. I'm always interested about what's going on in present time in these games. Mm-hmm. Um and this one I think has had like the least amount of really knowing what's going on outside of yeah. y'all trying to stop the end of the world again cuz I think it's been like the smallest time in where they didn't really like you played quite a bit before it pulled you out of the animus the first time.
0: Yeah, uh they they've been kind of doing that. It's it's hard to tell when they're actually going to um pull you in and out of the animus. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you can leave the Animus whenever you want. Uh, so when you're on the menu screen, you can actually, there's like a button that says Animus or whatever. And you can actually pull yourself out if you want to see what's oh, okay. going on in the real world. There are definitely moments where it will automatically pull you out for story stuff. But I think you can pull yourself out if you want to explore around as Layla and check out, like, if you've got any new emails or if there's new dialogue with some of the characters there. Right. Um, and okay. they've been doing that. For that. I don't know if they did that in Origins, but they definitely did that in Odyssey, where you could yeah. just kind of pull yourself out whenever you wanted.
1: Yeah, in Origins, I think it was all more, like, scripted into the actual thing, Like right? It would pull you out at, like, certain times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um...
0: Yeah, so, so you can do that. I don't really know if there's going to be anything substantial going on, but you can at least um, check it out and see what's there if you're hankering for it. Um, yeah, uh, I, think, I think this is probably the best the series has been at since... Well, I really liked Origins, but I don't think Origins was... Like, I liked it, but I don't think it was a super great Assassin's Creed game. Um, but... You know, this is probably the best I've I think the series has been since Black Flag, um, which is Mm -hmm. which is good because I think which is crazy because that's like I think the best one um, across the board. Yeah, I would agree with
1: that. Black Flag was probably the last one that I've completely like completed from beginning to end.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny that was that came out at the beginning of Last Generation too. (laughs) That was the the cross gen one. You could yeah, you could play that on 360, or you can play it on Xbox One or PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, um, and now we've got the this one also being able to do that across generations. Um, I know you had you're having, I, as far as I can tell, you're having pretty good experience on PlayStation Five. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said, I had that one little like hiccup where I did some screen tearing, but ever since the last update they put out. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I was hopping on the longboat and taking command of it where the game kind of pans you into your view of how you're going to steer the boat, yeah. which is absolute garbage. I think that's probably the worst part of the game right now is steering <laughs> the damn boat. Yeah. Um, When it did that weird little pan animation, it would tear a little bit across the screen. Mm-hmm. And that was happening in um performance mode. Since the patch came out and I heard they stabilized everything, I switched over to quality because this game is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. and um i haven't had any issues like that i've been in and out of the boat a lot in a lot of different areas it stayed smooth i haven't noticed any drops that's um,
0: good
1: so as um... of that last little update they did everything's been running really good like I said, that is on the playstation 5 i did start the game on the playstation 4 pro mm-hmm. and it was working great on there you know i played the the entire intro to the game there um mm-hmm. To show off because that's when it came out and that's what i had at the time and then i was able to get the five so that's when i switched over to there because it actually um, i was going to restart that's when we were talking about the whole by anus being able to choose um but it has actually been the easiest game to carry over my save i just booted it and then boom there it was i was like all right i'm going to keep going then
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um so they rolled out ubisoft rolled out their cross everything save system so you you're technically supposed to be able to bring your saves across any platform, across anything. So, like, if you wanted to jump over to PC, you'd be able to bring your PlayStation 5 save over, uh, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, um, I, there's been some issues with that since they've rolled it out. So, mileage may vary, and I'll always try to have your own backup of that kind of stuff if you can. But um, it seems like... In terms of, like, crossing over between versions, it's worked pretty well. Yeah, um, especially
1: with the updates they put out to a couple of games to fix it. Because, like I said, prior with um, know Borderlands isn't one, but Watchdogs, I had to go back to the PlayStation 4 version, um, upload that save, and then switch to the PlayStation 5 version, and then download the save. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the same thing for Borderlands 2, which is super tedious because I had already saved all my save files to the PlayStation 5, you know, up to the cloud, downloaded them to that system, yeah, and had given away my 4, so I didn't have that. But luckily, you're able to actually switch which version of the game you want to play if there is two versions on the 5, and I just had to wait for like the PlayStation 4 version to re-download. Yeah. And then um, I did that real quick and then just deleted that off. Because I guess like on here too, I'll throw that out. Um, if you're installing some of the games and you're on one of the new gen systems, look to see if both versions of the games are installed. Um, because I noticed a couple times I would uh, selected just for the PlayStation 5 version, but it downloaded the 4 too. And a lot of the times that file is bigger than the PlayStation 5 or your Xbox um, Series X version. I don't know if it happens the same way on there. Um, but I think that could be a lot of people's problem with some of the storage issues right now with it filling up so quick is if you're yeah. not playing some of those super huge games that it's the multiple versions and you can go in there and it's e- super easy to see which one's four, which one's five, and then get those deleted off. And once I did, I freed up like 300 gigs of space that I was like, where's all this actually going? And then I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. So it's not that, it's really not that bad because I'm still holding off from using my hard drive or anything with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess the it's it's been there's been some little bit of confusion with that on the PlayStation Five with with the different downloads downloading and stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how it works on the Xbox. I don't have it, so um, yeah, just just be aware of that so you're not <laughs> downloading two games, two yeah. of the same game um, unless and you, you can... need to
1: accidentally be playing the wrong version too. I right. had that, that happen once where I had thought I, it was switched over to the 5 and it was actually the 4 version when I checked where the check mark was cuz it's it's super easy to check. It's just it's you just, know how to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you just have to know how to do it. <laughs> and have you have to make sure that it is checked the right way. Um yep. yeah. Uh All right. I guess that's going to do it unless there's anything else you want to throw in here.
1: Um, there's a skill tree. It's massive. Uh um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, oh, yeah,
0: that's, yeah, that's something I, I, I kind of want to throw something into. So you can go ahead and talk and then I'll try. And
1: um, move. I don't know. I kind of like how it's set up because it's kind of like, you know, you have your different ways you can play. I think they give you a nice, good starting point And then as you branch out, like, it'll start, like, instead of having Fog of War on the map, they have Fog of War on your skill tree. It's mm-hmm. the best way to explain it. And, um, so far I'm liking it. Like. Um, I started off being like, Hey, I don't want to play stealth or have any stealth stuff. But as I started unlocking some stuff on the archery tree, it's like, Oh, but if you do your first shot like this, then you can get a couple of those. So it kind of made me change around. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes as we get up more in power, because like you kind of get like two skill points at a time at certain points in time for doing certain things and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I guess for me though, we're like, I think it's good so far, but once we get in there more, like how much of a crux is it going to become if I don't have enough points or is the game going to be doing pretty good at like keeping you up with where it should be? Yeah. So
0: yeah, so the leveling does work a little strangely in here. So you don't actually level up until you spend those points. So, um, you can, you get, you will get the points and then they just kind of sit in a pool until you go into your skill tree and you assign them. And then every time you use one, your overall level goes up one and that level coincides with the recommended levels in the regions in the game. So like... The first region that you land in in England is a level 20 region. Um, and when I got to that area, I was level 32. So uh, I was way over leveled for the area. I was taking guys out in like one or two hits, light hits. And I was like, this is this is way too easy. Uh, but what I discovered was it's super simple to respec. So basically, you can um, take out all of your skill points, start yourself at level zero, and then reapply them. Um, so what I'm doing now is I'm accruing skill points, but I'm not using them because mm-hmm. I'm still in these level 20 areas, and I want the combat to still be um, a little bit challenging. And um, the only you know the only drawback of that is you know you don't you're not unlocking as many skills. As early on because so there's like there's bonuses to like attack and um, health and stuff like that these little upgrades and then they're bigger um, like it's like a hub-and-spoke kind of thing almost where you have the hub that gives you an actual special ability or a skill or something like that and then the web to get you there just gives you tiny little buffs to, like, your health and your attack and your stealth attack and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But every one you use bumps your level up one, your overall level. So Mm. um, right now I have, like, 30 points that are unslotted waiting for me to finish these early regions so I can then slot them in and get me um, on the right level with you know, whatever the next region is going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a great system. It's not a great way to have to micromanage that the way it is. But at least there is a way to kind of um, uh, keep yourself at the right level without accidentally over-leveling, which is a very easy thing to do if uh, you're like me and, spend 10 hours exploring to one hour actually doing the story
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Uh,
0: and kind of
1: along with that they um they do have microtransactions in it they're not just all skins um totally have some a little bit of pay-to-win aspect in there at least how i feel from the ones that i bought i got the draugr set which gives you a hammer which in the game i guess you don't find a hammer right away Mm-hmm. And this hammer also has poison on it, but then the oh, whole geez. armor set that you get with it all stacks to benefit you having poisoned enemies, and early on, I was just, like, wiping people out.
0: <laughs> You're just hitting Which... pe- people once and then watching them to slowly die. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it was great for how I want to play, but if that's not your thing, yeah. maybe stay away from it, but some of the stuff looks cool. But it's definitely... You know, some OP little little pay to win. Yeah, if you may. Um, are are you riding around on the wolf? I am not. Yeah. I actually f- built the stable and completely forgot to go there, so I can oh, switch okay. it because I have the drubber horse. Okay. Because actually, in all my cutscenes and stuff, my eyes glow
0: green from having that set <laughs> on too, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is awesome." Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't oh. know. I think I don't know if you can buy it or uh if it just comes with the ultimate edition but you can ride around on a dire wolf um it's funny it's goofy um i think i've been doing it for a while in the footage that i'm going to use i'm riding around on it but i think i'm going to switch back to the horse cuz it's maybe Feels a more little natural. too goofy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also the it, uh, he he howls so and i keep thinking it's wolves attacking me oh, so yeah. like if i get off the ho- the horse yeah the wolf and i'm doing something i'll hear the howls and i'll be like is it a wolf or is it my is it a wolf or is it wolfy um right. and um, also they don't they use some of the um same like hoof stomping sounds for the paws uh, for of, <laughs> yeah, of the paws of this okay. this wolf so it's like it sounds like the the when you're running fast it sounds like it's going Great. as opposed to oh. like a padded paw
1: yeah and oh. uh, speaking of like sounds and stuff the last the last thing I had to add in about this because this truly blew my mind but if you have a helmet on that's a full face helmet
0: mm-hmm.
1: the game gives you a muffled sound like you're talking through that armor oh really versus not having a helmet on I thought it was the coolest fucking detail ever. <laughs> So I was yeah. like, "Wait a minute! Why do I sound funny?" And I really listened. I was like, "Oh, it's because I got the helmet on because I have a full face helmet on."
0: Yeah. For Is the it, set I'm using. Does it take it off randomly?
1: No, I haven't lost no. mine. Besides being like in like no 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 a I, I don't scene. I don't
0: yeah that's what I mean I mean like so you can toggle it you can toggle all of your armor pieces on and off for cutscenes um for visual versus um actually being there so like. I technically have this giant dead bear on top of my head all mm-hmm. the time, but I it's toggled off. And at one point I had toggled it on and now it's off again and I don't know why that happened.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that cuz I've noticed like for some cutscenes my helmet will be there and then some other ones it won't be, but yeah. it's definitely not something that I've actually toggled or touched or messed with myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's there's definitely some little glitches here and there in this game, which is the case with every giant open world game, especially of the Ubisoft variety, Um, and some of it does take has taken me out of the immersion a little bit. Um, Like I had this weird thing where animals and certain um, groups of people even were spawning in five at a time. So. I would be running through the the like the the open world on my wolf, and um, like five foxes would instantly spawn in front of me, and they'd all run off in different directions. Like it, the game was trying to spawn just one in for some ambient immersion or something like that, but it would be five of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I think the weirdest, I'd come across this big like brown pile of. Like, it looked like some sort of eldritch horror with antlers sticking out the top of it. And then all of a sudden, I'd get close to it, and it would be five elk that would jump <laughs> up and uh, run away because it'd be scared of me. Uh, that's, that's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't had really anything weird like that happen besides, like, I'll hit some people with a hammer, and they'll go flying, like, a little further than I think they should. But I think the yeah. weirdest one I had was, like, I was in my regular town, and I needed, or the town that I helped save with uh, Soma... Mm-hmm. and um i needed to go talk to the a couple of the villagers to ask them questions and all of a sudden every single one of them was just running screaming away from me <laughs> like and i'm trying to chase this person down and finally like they kind of stumbled and rolled yeah. and i was able to hit the button and then they talked to me like nothing was going on <laughs> you tackle them down it's like tell me about the mead i was like i'm just trying to ask you about last night yeah and they're yeah. all just like fucking running i was like Okay. Yeah, about last this night. This wasn't the place that I just burnt down, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't yeah, know, I think...
0: Overall, you know, it's it's hard to complain too much about little things like that, because these games are so big, and there's so much going on in them. Um, yeah,
1: which is definitely going to be interesting in a couple weeks here with Cyberpunk. With...
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see what that, what that ends up being. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alright, so that's Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, in a nutshell, right? Um, (laughs) uh, That's on uh, everything except for Switch right now. It's on PC, which is the version I've been playing. Uh, Initially, there were some performance issues in especially densely populated towns, but the latest patch that Derek also talked about improved performance on his console went out for PC as well, and it kind of made that game play ridiculously good. Um, the only time I've seen a frame drop was actually during that raid I had talked about where literally everything was blowing up and on fire around me. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I can see this um, taking a little bit of a frame rate hit, but everything else has been absolutely perfect, um, which is saying a lot because these games have been a little bit performance- heavy on pc for uh some time now so they finally put out a a one that that um runs really well um so Mm. yeah i'm I'm playing it on pc uh it's on ps5 ps4 xbox one xbox series fill in the blank um (laughs) (laughs) yes so uh yeah, um, I think this is a pretty good one, and uh, I hope it it keeps me interested all the way through. Because I'd love to check another one off of the off of my list of this series.
1: Definitely a good one, and even if you don't like Assassin's Creed, like it's a fucking good Viking game.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. This listen, Assassin's Creed isn't really Assassin's Creed anymore. No um,
1: history simulator.
0: Yeah, it's basically a snapshot of uh, history. Setting with um, some very loosely connected um, assassin versus Templar conspiracy theory stuff going through it. It's mostly just enjoying a moment in history with some famous people from that time period in a historical setting. That's what these games are. Um, That's what I come to them for. The Assassin's Mm -hmm. Creed stuff is kind of secondary at this point. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Check it out if you've been a little bit off the train for a little while. Um, And check it out if you haven't been, if you really like the series. Because I think this is one that kind of transcends both demographics. Um, But yeah, thanks Derek for chatting with me. No problem, thanks for having me. And we'll see you next time. Later. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please consider leaving a like and subscribing to see more. Check out voxelvoice.com for all of our great content, and consider supporting us on Patreon to keep our content ad-free and independent.